0: This is part two of episode 132 with entrepreneur and co-founder of The Nail Saloon, Andrea Vieira. Bienvenidos, welcome to Diferente. My name is Maribel Quesada-Smith. I'm an expert at questioning everything who wants to bring more color into your life. I'll be coming at you every week with a little humor and a mountain of passion to share with you stories and ideas related to life, culture creativity and business that will inspire all of us to explore different perspectives don't be surprised if you find yourself motivated to shake things up that's known to be a side effect of the differented life and it's contagious now let's get to it welcome back In part one of this episode, Andrea and I discussed her journey as a producer and how this experience made her realize what her true passion is in life. Thanks to this passion, Andrea and her partner, Claudia Diamante, made the jump into entrepreneurship and began their journey as co-founders of the coolest nail salon in Washington, D.C. Okay, I may be biased, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. Let's continue with the conversation.
1: And so... Cut to Klau, my dear, dear friend and business partner, um, who is like a sister to me, um, who I've known for, God, we've met in my late 20s. Um, we were roommates and um, with another dear friend of ours. And um, Klau and I would always, we would sit around and talk about, you know, if we opened a business, what would it be? And we would have idea after idea after idea. And we sort of always joked that we'd one day open up a business, but I think we we sort of deep down thought we just have to land on the right idea and what we'll, we might even do it, you know? So that's kind of the the birth of the nail saloon. I was living out in Seattle working in a place that I wasn't super happy at. Seattle was a tough city for me. Um, and I felt very re- removed and, and, and far away from everybody I loved. And I felt quite lonely when I was there. Um And so, Clow and I would have these calls every week, and we would talk about, you know, okay, what about if we got a van and we served food in it? It would be like a food van. This is the food trucks. <laughs> <laughs> always, I'm always one step like uh, short of like the winning idea. <laughs> what if we? did like a shop that sold just cupcakes. Oh, that'll never go. You know, we did, we had like all these crazy ideas that where we later would read about, go, come on so close. Um, and so we, you know, then we, we literally, I was getting my nails done and talking to her on the phone and joking that I was going to get polio because <laughs> the tools were so unclean at this, at this lovely little, you know, but quite rinky dink nail place I would go to in Seattle. And, uh, we, we were talking and phones were cutting in and out. I couldn't hear her. And I joked, you know, if you were here, we could have this conversation side by side. And she was here in DC and I was there. And, um, we started going, well, what if like, we could both be side by side and having a cocktail? Well, what if we could both be, you know, and we started just going on and on about like what the perfect nail salon would be. Mm -hmm. And within a month I had quit my job Moved back to DC, and we were having our first meetings on how to get this thing going.
0: Wow! And
1: that's how it. That's how it came to be, you know.
0: And it's interesting that you chose the other career that is also twenty four seven and extremely demanding of an entrepreneur. <laughs> wow!
1: Well, well, so this is the thing that you learn when you open up a business for the first time, and that is, you had no idea what it actually takes to open up a business. <laughs> when you start, you're like, I got this. And then you're like, oh, wow. Okay. All then. You know, you really, and I think, thank God, because if I knew what it took, I don't think I would have done it. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would have done it. I think it's paralyzing because it is a lot, but at the same time, I, you know, as unglamorous as this sounds, I, I do think Owning a business is like an exercise in list making. You just—it's list after list that expands into bigger lists, and you just have things that you have to just get done. And you bat one, and then you bat the next one, yeah. and then you bat the next one, and then thirty more things appear. For every one thing you clear, twenty more appear. Yeah, and you just do those, and 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 it's just a lot of things that you never even would dream of that you're constantly doing. And then and then the twenty four seven part of it, Cloud and I work really well in this way. And we're both, I think this, this comes with, frankly, this comes with age and experience, which is you just have to know when it's enough and when you shut down. You just, you just have to know that right now is not the time to think about the business. We sometimes, we don't do it often, but we sometimes go get dinner to just talk about anything other than the nail saloon. We literally force ourselves to not Discuss work Mm -hmm. and we just chat as friends about life and about family and about love and about friends and about what's going on in the world. And we, if we like veer into work, we stop and we're like, okay, enough's enough. Like, there comes a moment where you just have to be done. So,
0: that's what I was going to ask you. How do you make it work when you bring in a partner? who happens to also be one of your best friends, because I'm always very careful about who I do business with, who I create a business relationship with, because it could ruin family, it could ruin friendships. If if the person doesn't have the same understanding that you have about the separation between business and family or business and friends. So how did you do it?
1: Um, I I look, I think we were, we were lucky to be, I mean, the first answer is that there was no science behind it. We were lucky. Clow and I just get along and we laugh more than we cry. Like we laugh even when things are really going poorly. And we've had some weird things happen in, in the business that have just been hard and complicated and challenging and grueling, you name it. And we always find humor in in the situation and we can still laugh at each other and at the problem, even when things are, are, are kind of you know, when, when stuff's hitting the fan, you, we're still able to to laugh.
0: Do you find that it has tested your friendship? Like for example
1: Oh my God. You, are,
0: you know, sometimes I feel that we are afraid to have honest conversations with our friends, even our best friends, because we don't want to make anybody uncomfortable and we don't want to get into an argument or a disagreement. So we sometimes can't even do that with our best friends. But when you're in business together, you got to be able to throw the punches sometimes and not necessarily punches, oh, yeah. but you have to be able and to really speak clearly and boldly to boldly to each other. Has that well, tested and- your friendship?
1: A hundred percent. And you have to like sit with the discomfort of making the other person upset, which isn't easy. And I think women, we're all pleasers, right? And so you make somebody upset and the immediate reaction, at least for me is like, it's really not that bad. Don't worry. You know? And it's like, (laughs) wait, hold on a second. It is that bad. Let me just sit with how uncomfortable I feel right now. And let me just stomach how badly I feel right now that I've made you feel badly. And let me just sit with this because I'm not happy, but I will say this. We create, you know, we've had a lot of growing pains, the two of us with the business. And we've had a lot of growing pains in our relationship. And in the beginning, it was a lot harder than it is now. And I joke with her, I'm like, I'm more in love with Cloud every single day. Like I, I, she really is like a sister to me. Um, And I adore her just as a friend and as a human being. And as a business partner, I really, really, really do adore her. And um, I think we created systems help us manage certain things like something as basic as we don't use it anymore but we were we were having some conflicts right Mm -hmm. of like I wasn't happy about one thing that she did and she wasn't happy about another thing that I did and every time we'd bring it up it would kind of get a little bit explosive and so we decided why don't we do this a different way so we we literally created a shared document where we would put our grievances (laughs) because that did two things it allowed us to like be thoughtful of how we were positioning it, and it allowed us to like not be rolling our eyes while we were writing it, or at least if we were rolling our eyes, the other person wouldn't see it. It allowed the recipient of that grievance to not see your eyes rolled or to get defensive quickly mm-hmm. back. And so we would say things like, you know, I, the other day um, when this happened, I thought it wasn't helpful because of this and that. And what I would appreciate is this, let's discuss. And then the other person would read it. And then when we would have our weekly meeting, like you had already f- experienced the discomfort of getting that news. So we were more, we were ready to come to the discussion about the issue from a more proactive and a more sort of measured, calm, non-defensive State. Mm-hmm. And now we got so good at it that we don't need to do it anymore. We just now say, Hey, Cloud, listen, the other day this thing happened, what do you think? And she'll say, Hey, Andrea, the other thing, the other day, you did this, you know?
0: As a type A personality that you and I both are, <laughs> how do you handle the tug of war of leading? Because obviously you're 50-50. Right. So you have to be able to find a balance too, because I think we're innately kind of driven to lead and to be the primary decision maker.
1: Correct. Well, she is too, right? So the thing that happens is it's kind of like a marriage. You just have to know that that you're going (laughs) to... It really is, but it really is. You just have to let some, you know, you're going to lose some. You're not going to win all of them. Mm -hmm. You're just not going to win all of them. So you kind of go, okay, I I won. I won the last few. I'm going to let you win this one. And she'll (laughs) do the same thing with me. She'll say, you know what? So when, for example, when we have to make a decision about something and I literally don't mind A or B, you, you throw that on the table. You're like, you know what? I'm going to, why don't you decide I'm happy with either, but if you're really gung-ho about it has to be B and not A, then you, you, you make your point and you make your case and you try to convince the other person. And if she's really not budging at some point you have to walk because the decision has to get made. Mm -hmm. Right. But if you're making a decision, usually that's, that's sort of coherent um, and that serves the business. then you will find that it's easy to convince the other person if it's serving you and your ego and your preference and your desire then eh, that's not really you might lose that that argument right so i think how we do it is we try to stay flexible and certain things we say you know what that doesn't matter to me as much so why don't we do it your way and the other person goes great i'm gonna do it that way
0: so it's taught you how to be able to have an argument without falling out and without you know how do we able to disagree in a respectful manner which is so important in in life in general <laughs> in all relationships we
1: always we have said from the get-go we've learned this really quickly the nail saloon and our partnership and owning a business has made us better people period like outside of all of the realm of business it's made us genuinely better people because you learn a ton I've never learned more in any sort of space in my life than I've learned having a business ever. I mean it's just lesson after lesson after lesson of like conduct and of thought and of how you strategize and how you know you make decisions and what are your triggers and what makes you mad and what makes you really happy and where you thrive and where your skills are where you where you thought your skills were <laughs> and where they really are. You know, you learn all of that. It's like a great mirror and and we've we try to like be kind to one another, you know. Um, And that's like lovely, you know, and I've learned a lot from Cloud because we're very different in many ways, you know, we're very different. And so she's taught me to be, I've, I've picked up quite a few things from her and I think she's picked up a few things from me too, you know, because we kind of have met in the middle for a lot of things that, you know, I'm maybe... A little bit more impulsive. She's more thoughtful. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit, you know, louder. She's a little bit more quiet, but she's maybe more passionate than I am. You know, when she wants something, she wants it, and she wants it now. And um, she's, you know, fiery. And I can be more sort of. Um, diplomatic. Um, so it, it, but at times she can be more diplomatic. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're very, um, she's very caring, you know, and she's very, um, but shows she's explosive, you know? And so um, it's, you know, and I am too, I'm impulsive and I want things the way I want them and I can be controlling. So it's, we, we learn and we take the best of the other person. And I mean, we're, it's four, it's four years now since we've been open and, but we worked a full year before that. So we've been working together for five years and, and, I don't know. I mean, if they, sure things could go upside down. I, I just can't imagine they will though, in mm-hmm. terms of the two of us, because we just really like each other a lot. And we, we try to mitigate as we go along. Like we don't let things fester. If something I'm very much like that, I don't, if something's bothering me, I, you will hear about it because I don't <laughs> like to hold on to things inside. Mm-hmm. And I don't, but I also don't hold a grudge, right? Yeah. So once for me, it's solved, it's solved. Uh-huh. It's like, okay, done. Moving on to the next thing. But um, so- Did you
0: start the nail saloon because nails are your passion or because what it, what drove you to specifically do nail saloon. Like I know it was about, you know, sitting around with friends and chatting while you're having a drink and also getting your nails done. But other than that, did you ever think nails?
1: Well no, and this is the irony. I will find myself at like two in the morning on a on a Sunday, you know, after being out. <laughs> Giving myself a pedicure, going there is an error on a spreadsheet somewhere because this does not make sense. <laughs> like contorting to get to my toes because you know. So so all of this to say is that I used to love getting my nails done. I still do, by the way. But I used to get my nails done religiously every week, my toes every two weeks, um, and now that I own the nail saloon I, that I co-own it. I I never have my nails done, which is the (laughs) biggest irony and sadness of my life. Um, But so while I always loved getting my nails done and it was always something that I just did, it's a very Brazilian thing, by the way. Brazilians just always have their nails done. Like you can kind of tell somebody's Brazilian by their nails, really. It's kind of just like a basic, it's like flossing, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And one of the things that um, I learned though that Claudia and I learned is that, no, we just wanted to have a business. And I went to grad school, I got an MBA and Claudia has an MBA as well. And, um, and when I was getting my MBA, I thought, you know, I, what's the, what's the one business that I would open. And I didn't have necessarily a passion for nails beyond liking to have them done, but I did know that I, 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 when we did decide that we would open a business like that exercise in and of itself was, would be what we were passionate about. It could have been tacos. It could have been, you know, it could have been widgets for doors, like <laughs> whatever. It doesn't matter. You know, we knew we just wanted to have a place that we would run, that our clients would be treated a certain way. Our teams would be treated in a certain way that we'd create opportunities for people a certain way that we'd give back to the community a certain way. Um, but it wasn't. Ne- it could have been anything else. Yeah. I mean, we're kind of glad it's the nail salon because it's you know it's color and it's self care and it's um, it's bright and it's like a treat, really. You know, it's not a, a necessity. We know that getting your nails done is not something anybody needs to do. It's something that you do for pleasure, right, and for self care. So um, it's what we call in Spanish "mimo." You know, un so, mimo." Mm-hmm and which is like a little treat, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of nice, but it was certainly, it could have been anything else. Um, and a lot of people say, you know, in business, oh, you should only do a business for something you're completely passionate about. I disagree. You have to be passionate about working your ass off. <laughs> and if you can yeah. do that, excuse my language, but if you can do that, then, then you're good. You know, it could, I mean, sure. And do I enjoy it more than like if I ran a tire shop? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would guess so. About tires. <laughs> Do you know what yeah. I mean? But it doesn't have to be. I don't think having a passion for the specific thing is necessarily the first driver.
0: What's the biggest lesson that you've experienced as a new entrepreneur? Like Oof. one of those things where you were like, damn, I did not know it was going to be like this.
1: Um, I think it's that it's harder than you would expect it to be. But It's possible much more possible than you might've thought as well. I think it takes a lot more work than we imagined. I mean, we knew it would take a lot of work, but it really just smacked us upside the head. It's remarkable how much more work it was than we thought. Mm -hmm. But it's also, you know, I'm sitting here talking to you from my home and currently right now there are two nail saloons open. People are out there working, getting their nails done. And like I'm heading to brunch after this. You know what I mean? Like it's and there they are. They're open. They're functioning. I mean, yeah, I had meetings yesterday at six in the morning. I had a meeting yesterday at nine at night. And I I had a lunch meeting yesterday. Like I'm busy and I'm working on it, but it's kind of cool that like it it exists, you know? And I think that's been a, a really big lesson, a big surprise to know that, like, wow, it exists and I don't necessarily have to be there 24-7. Mm-hmm. You know, you can delegate. We have amazing, amazing, amazing managers who have been with us since day one, who I was lucky enough to meet in television <laughs> and kind of bring them on <laughs> with me for the, for the ride. Um, and they're remarkable women, remarkable. And they, they've they also, they're training the new managers that will then replace them and they'll be on to bigger roles within mm-hmm. the company. So it's it's kind of cool that you know, that it exists. And I think part of it is you never really imagine that moment where you're like, wow, one day it'll exist and I won't have to be there and it will be functioning and serving the people. And there it is, you know? So I think those are the two lessons.
0: Hey, you. Yeah, I'm talking to you. What are you doing with this podcast? Are you sharing it with your friends? Because one of the best ways to let somebody know that you care about them is by sharing thought-inspiring content with them. Like this podcast, where we share stories and experiences that expose us to different perspectives. Here are three easy ways to share the show. You can take a screenshot of this episode and post it on social media. Text it directly to anyone in your contact list. Or you can also send them the link to our website, diferentepodcast.com. Voila! Super simple. If you like Diferente, the best way to support us is by sharing it, sharing it, and sharing it some more. Now, let's get on with the show. What's a piece of advice that you would give to someone who is considering becoming an entrepreneur?
1: Um, I would say, I mean, it's super Nike, but just do it, really. Just do it. (laughs) And you can find a million excuses not to do it. But if your reason to do it is good enough, then just focus on that which is you want to have it. You want to be able to, you know, there will always be things in the way, but it's an exercise in just batting one thing out of the way and the next thing out of the way. And don't get so, you know, people talk a lot about bravery and, oh, I I don't have the guts to open up a business. I always wanted to open up a business, but I never, you know, we didn't have any of that either. We didn't have the guts. We didn't have the money. We just figured it out. Like you just can't take no for an answer. You just have to just, it's almost like there's a grit that has to be your your main ingredient for moving forward and I would say to anybody that is thinking about it is just dedicate X amount of hours a day be methodical and just start planning it and start creating it because everybody who opened up a business that now is so familiar to us Starbucks and Amazon and it started with an idea and it started with what if I did this you know mm-hmm. and they went one foot in front of the other small steps. Mm-hmm and just actually did it, like just execute, execute, you know, you sure you have to think and you have to have a strategy and a plan, but like execution is the name of the game for business ownership. I think you just have to just do and move forward and propel because otherwise you can stay stuck and, you know, analysis paralysis and, oh, my business plan isn't done yet. And oh, my (laughs) third revision of my business plan. It's like, it's stop, just stop. Like, just start acting like, just do it. what do you think it's going to take? You need it, you know, yeah. and just one thing after that. And, and nowadays, th- there's so many people willing to help. You know, we were helped tremendously by other entrepreneurs and people who just wanted to talk to us and who we wanted to talk to and they were willing to give us an hour of their time. And, you know, small business administration and the Women's Business Center in DC, like just people that just give you tips and help you, mm-hmm. you know?
0: How is the nail saloon different? Like what makes you so diferente? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, we, I would say we are diferente because we, um, it, it's, it's more than just a place where you leave with your nails done. It's a place where you go to enjoy the moment of getting your nails done, right? So we're a five free plus nail salon, which means all of our polishes are free of the big toxins you typically find in polish like formaldehyde and DBP and Tuoline and camphor and resin and all these scary sounding things. Um, and we don't do gel. We don't do acrylic. Everything is kind of more natural and organic where possible. Um, we're different though, because when you're there, you're kind of in a little bit of an oasis. You know, our nails take, a, our manicures at the nail salon take a long time. They take almost double the time that they take in a regular nail salon In a typical nail salon. Our pedicures Certainly take double the time because everything's done at a little bit of a slower pace, right? And with a little bit more TLC. Mm. So I think that is helpful. We don't have TVs everywhere. We have magazines old school. We have um, music playing. People request songs all the time which is which is funny and and kind of gives us a laugh definitely a surprise uh a fun fact about the nail saloon is that like insync radio is one of our most uh, famous
0: uh, <laughs> you know mo- <laughs> more
1: popular stations cuz everybody likes to go a little bit old school to their like high school days or their college days however the the case may be um, you know you go and you have a drink and you sit with a friend or you make a new friend, which we see a lot, we see a lot of business cards being exchanged. I mean, DC is such like a networky town that people love to just meet each other. I was gonna
0: ask you like, who's the most high profile person you've had so far? As a customer. Oh, we've had,
1: we, listen, we've had some really cool people come through and some have asked us not to state oh. their name. <laughs> and we have some regulars that are super cool that we can't reveal. <laughs> I mean, they're there. You can f- maybe peek in one day and find out. And we've asked like for their picture and they, you know, senators and, mm-hmm. um, and people of the like, we've had, you know, we've had some people from this administration come through and who, you know this administration is quite polarizing, <laughs> and um, you know so when they come in, everybody kind of is like quiet, and you know the Secret Service comes with them. We had you know who's the what somebody who's high profile who let us take a picture and was lovely, and the whole entire place went radio silent when she walked in because everybody was so overwhelmed. Was Jessica Chastain, oh, Oscar love nominated her. or Oscar? Yes. Yeah, she's amazing, and the movie, um, The Martian, had just come out. Um, and What's- she was there on a Saturday night mm-hmm. she was in town researching for a film and she walked in the door I mean she had an appointment but she walked in the door and the whole place went radio silent because <laughs> everybody was just like she's gorgeous and she's stunning and we're going to do the color she does And so that was kind of awesome that's awesome And uh, yeah, so she's definitely like somebody high pro- and then actually recently I-, I have such like a crush on him like a platonic crush on Kamal Bell from CNN's United Shades of America <laughs> oh
0: I love him too <laughs>
1: <laughs> he came through with April Ryan, who I have a total girl crush on. Um, she they came together to film a segment. And so oh. it was really lots of fun to have them there and get seeing them get their nails done.
0: So wait, they filmed the segment at the nail saloon? At the <gasps> nail saloon. What? So so I when can know. we see that?
1: And that's gonna be um, I think it's gonna premiere in January. And funny, you will die. The day that they came to shoot. They, they called us and asked us if they could shoot at the nail saloon. We said, of course, and we're not doing a location fee because because we don't do location. I mean, <laughs> yeah. now, like, here's – everybody, come on <laughs> by to film. We don't do location. It's just because, like, in honor of, like, my time in this business yeah. that I'm like, no, come on and film. I get it. And so – um, but it turns out that the showrunner, or one of the showrunners, um, was a guy that I was like an AP with at Animal Planet way back in the day, oh. um, and he's now an, out of LA. Um, th- this guy Brian, who was darling, and he's the showrunner. Then a couple of the people working on on set that day were people I used to work with in television. So I'm like, this is such a full circle moment. And then like CNN, mm-hmm. where I you know got my career started so it was really nice full circle to have everybody there
0: oh that's fantastic well we'll have to definitely share the link to the website and we'll share the locations also on different com so that people can visit you when they're in dc Uh, do you have any plans to expand outside of dc
1: so we literally had a, a lunch meeting about this yesterday and and kind of what our thoughts are. I think with the weather right now, we're a little skewing, like I want to open one in the Caribbean <laughs> or in the Maldives. <laughs> um it, it, we, we do have plans to expand. We just don't know exactly what that's going to look like. Claudia and I are both really methodical about um, the the decisions we make, and we try to make them based on you know large swaths of data. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to sort out kind of what the best next step is. We just opened our second one in August, and that's going very well and hitting the marks. Um, but we just want to make sure that we're in a solid position because we don't take outside investment, right? So we're okay. self-funded, which means we you know we have to just plot our money not that we wouldn't if we had investors but when you're self-funded you have to just get you know save all the money yourself and 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 be really really mindful about the decisions you make because you're also not being led by a board of investors that's telling you where you should go next okay. so Okay I have we we should, we shall see Okay
0: I have three more questions so yes what's the worst thing that's ever happened to you because of your choice to pursue your passion Huh. Or what is the biggest fear you've ever had to face in order to grow or
1: turn your goals into reality? Okay, so I think the worst thing that's ever happened is um, is actually kind of the fear that it might not work. You do mm-hmm. have that moment of like, what am I getting myself into? There is a moment and usually it's when you sign the lease, you know, you're signing a 10 year commercial lease. That's like a, you know, 60 page document that's been negotiated for months with lawyers on both sides. And the minute you sign that lease, it's kind of overwhelming because you think, what if I can't make it work? Essentially I am tying my future to this document because it's going to hinder me financially severely. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's a really scary moment. I think that was difficult to sort of swallow when it happened because you're just like, whoa, this is the gravity of, of, of that is, is, is real. Um, I think, and I think that's also, you know, it's the biggest fear. It's that it won't work. But, the, but also on the flip side of that is that when you decide to do this, you, you know that you can't take no for an answer. So like you literally, I, you know, you know, there's like um, air, those things that when you drive down like main roads and you see like these little um, plastic like dolls that are like, like the guy that turns the pencil to like oh, yeah. tell you to go buy a mattress. It's like those yeah. plastic dolls that like move yes. their arms that are like with In air wind. inside. Yeah. They yeah. We always joke, like, okay, if we have to put one of those outside, we will. Like we will figure <laughs> this out <laughs> with like the shaky arms. We we were always like, if we have to turn it into a taco shop, we will. If mm-hmm. we have to make it into a tired shop, we mm-hmm. will. Like this thing isn't failing. And in a way, that's the freedom of being an entrepreneur too. Because when you work for somebody, you think you have job security, but you no. don't know what the big plans are. And you might get to work one day and, and you're done. You laid off. I,
0: absolutely. You're
1: done. Yes. But when you're at the helm and you see the iceberg, <laughs> you get to say, "Okay, we're going to swerve." Mm-hmm. And if you don't see the iceberg and you only see it when you hit it, you say, "Okay, we're going to jump off, get on the dinghy, and try to, you know, go somewhere else." Like you, you have the luxury of being able to create. Mm-hmm. So the fear of it not working out was always counterbalanced by this notion of like, "We will figure it out, no matter what, no matter what it takes, at all costs." Yes, I love that. And so, <laughs>
0: yeah. okay, so two more questions cuz we've totally run
1: out of time. <laughs> I know you poor thing to edit this. I can I do not envy you, girl. I'm telling you. Oh
0: my god. That's okay. That's all right. That's what happens when you go off script. So, what is your passion and how do you define success?
1: Um, I define success as being able to um live your life and pursue your passions as effortlessly as possible. And for me, my passion is essentially time. <laughs> time is my sort of my biggest aspiration. All I want is time to be with people I love, to travel to the places I like or that I want to explore. Um, and I and just to be in the company of people that that I care for. So if I can create a life where I have the time to do that mm-hmm. and to just be in a Around a table, drinking a glass of wine with the people I love, then've I've, I've achieved my sort of goal and do it without, you know, having to sacrifice a ton of other things. you know, but mostly time is what we're seeking here.
0: Thank you for listening to Diferente. If you like this episode, let me know by leaving a five star review and by sharing a screenshot of this podcast on Instagram or Facebook. Just don't forget to tag me at adiferente Life so I can know you're listening. ¡Hasta pronto!